0: Hi guys, I'm Matt Harris, host of the HMO Experience Property Podcast, and in this episode of the podcast, I have a chat with my co-host Jamie Medill as we drop some HMO hacks to getting started with rent to rent in 2021. Now, if you're looking to uh, start or scale your own rent to rent HMO property portfolio this year, this episode of the HMO Experience Property Podcast is definitely the one you need to be tuning into. A lot has changed over the last 12 months and Jamie and I discussed some useful options to consider when you're starting on your rent to rent journey, including the types of agreements you should be using, why offering HMO management services is super important right now, uh, additional tenant assessments and carrying out uh, extensive due diligence before um, letting out your rooms, as well as taking out rent guarantee insurance and getting educated On Clubhouse. That's right. Um, Jamie, Steve, and I run two rooms on Clubhouse. One is at Monday at 1 p.m., where you can tune in and ask any questions around uh, property investing, um, HMO, and rent to rent. And the second room is on Tuesdays at 1 p.m., which is specific to rent to rent. So if you're tuning into this episode, definitely jump on Clubhouse Tuesdays 1pm. Join us in the room. Ask us any questions and we'll be happy to help. Other than that, make sure you head over to the hmoexperience.co.uk website where you can download a bunch of free resources, including the 11 steps to running your own successful HMO property business. Also, don't forget to check out Jamie's new book, The HMO Blueprint on Amazon. You can check out the link in the show notes. And lastly, Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to so that you get regular weekly notifications, not just when new episodes of the HMO Experience Poverty Podcast drop, but also bonus content such as the HMO Diaries and Five Minute Fridays. That's all for me right now. Let's head into the show. Hi guys, I'm Matt Harris. Welcome to the HMO Experience Property Podcast. I am here with Jamie McDill. Say hello, Jamie.
1: Good to have you here.
0: Hey, amazing. Okay, so we are um, running through on this episode, Rent to Rent, a beginner's guide to getting started in 2021. Now, obviously, if you've listened back to um, previous episodes, especially the first seven or 10 episodes of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. We've kind of set out some specific steps for you um, to follow. We are going to distill those steps into this episode and also give you a few pointers as to what to be aware of um, in 2021, because obviously things have changed quite a bit since the first 10 episodes recorded in 2019. I think that's fair to say.
1: The world has changed. (laughs) Yes. So it's rent to rent.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, So, look, hopefully uh, you will find this useful. um, As I've just signposted you to the first 10 episodes anyway, it is still worthwhile heading back and taking a listen for... a deeper dive um, but but that being um, said Jamie so we're not we're not going to take into account you know looking for your gold mine area and doing all your research prep and all that kind of stuff it's on the assumption that you have already done this preparatory work so now it's literally you know the point where um, you um, start to look for properties and to the point of um, getting ready to you know putting putting that first deal uh, or getting that first deal across the line is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think so. Otherwise, we could do like a mini masterclass, which would
0: last like yeah, 48 yeah. hours. Would on for a while. <laughs> it would go on for a while. Um, but look, all that being said, um, Jamie, so uh, we've got sort of six or seven points to, um, uh, to cover off. So yeah. as a whistle-stop tour... Um, do you want to get us started on point number one in terms of, you know, actually finding properties once you've decided on your your goldmine area, where you can look for those?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, if I might do, if I could do like a step, you know, point half,
0: before yeah. step one, one, just as a quick
1: proviso, I, I know you guys know this, you listen to the podcast a lot, which is great, and we really appreciate that. You, and most of you subscribe, which is cool, um, but you've got you to get yourself educated. You've got to know what rent-to-rent is. You've got to know that it's a made-up training term name, but not a real word or phrase. That <laughs> No one in the real world actually understands uh, so, so don't ever use the term rent to rent it's just to encapsulate the strategy which is you're taking control of somebody else's property with their permission of course and then once you've got the right contracts which will come later on in this episode then you'll be renting out the individual rooms and maximizing your income that way you're looking after the property you are basically paying for the bills and the maintenance and the wear and tear and then you're paying a fixed amount of money typically to the landlords uh, at the end of each month or beginning of each month that is what this strategy is. So mm. that's the first bit, just a quick quick proviso. Um, but of course, then once you found your, your first property or a potential property, you've got to do the deal analysis. You've got to work out, is it a mm. good deal? One of the most important things, and we see, I mean, you, Matt, you, you uh, and Steve and I, we obviously we, we, we do uh, masterminds for people, and we, we collectively train people and also guide them on how to do rent-to-rent right, because mm. we see so many people who haven't really educated themselves yet give it a go and then get really unstuck uh, fast and one of the biggest things I see is they haven't done the deal analysis they haven't actually worked out what the actual costs are going to be versus what their potential income is going to be and then work out if they're going to make any money or not so we we, we came across someone um, bless him uh, not too long ago (laughs) who approached Steve who's got a whole bunch of renter and HMOs. None of them are making him any money. They're actually costing him money every single month because he didn't really understand the the some nuances of the strategy. So yeah. that's why we did the HMO Experience property podcast to share some of this knowledge and experience because it's so important to get this bit right. So let's yeah. assume you've done your deal analysis <laughs> and it's definitely going to make you money. And the
0: numbers and you, stack. Please numbers make sure stack. the numbers stack.
1: Yeah, you haven't just pretended and made up that you're going to make a thousand pounds of, you know, a month rent per room just to make the uh. number stack. You know, you've got the real numbers here. Then what's next? The key thing is uh, if you've got a, a property from an agent or a landlord, you're, again, you've got to be very clear that they know what you are doing and they're going to give you permission to take on the control of their property. Mm. And then, of course, you've got to um, encapsulate that agreement with the letting agency or the landlord or both through. A legal contract mm. and yeah matt we get asked a lot about the contract so do you want to jump yeah. into what yeah contract? yeah
0: so um i so there, there's two standards that we can come across one is um uh which is provided um within the training that's a management agreement and the other thing which is uh what i've been using in our business for a while although we're we're trying really hard to pivot away from which is um, a company let agreement or corporate let. Um, the the third type though, which I've I found um, recently, I had an agent tell me this probably about eighteen months ago. Oh yeah, you know we're getting, doing rent to rent deals in the form of leases, and I was a little bit sceptical uh, about that. But then um, I signed up to um, landlord laws rent to rent day, and actually their template agreement is is a lease. <laughs> okay, cool which they suggest as, as a rent-to-rent agreement. However, I don't know the ins and outs of it because I haven't gone through it in detail. So let's just stick with what we know. So the, the first um, the first type of agreement is a management agreement. So, um, you know, the uh, template um, that is provided is a tri-party agreement. So between the agent and uh, the landlord and yourself as a rent-to-rent operator. And the, the, the main points really are um, obviously paying the landlord a fixed management fee, either a, a rent um, on a monthly basis and having authority to sign a tenancy agreement on behalf of the landlord uh, because um, unlike a a corporate let or company let you as the rent-to-rent company under the management agreement are not a tenant of the property Uh, so the actual people who are renting out the rooms they are the tenant and the landlord and tenant relationship is between them and the landlord whereas with a company let it's between you as the rent-to-rent business being the tenant of the landlord in the property and then having the authority to submit. So that, that is um, one very clear distinction. And I think management agreement gives you a bit more flexibility um, than uh, a, a corporate or company let simply because you know corporate or company let is a tenancy agreement. So there are some housing act requirements that um, it complies by, whereas management agreement is, is more of a commercial agreement. So actually yeah. pretty much, you know anything goes whatever you can negotiate and agree that 's um, that's what 's wrapped up in the agreement so um, the one thing to be massively aware of whichever you go down, get some independent legal advice mm. don 't just go on the internet don 't just download random agreements and and try and adapt them to your situation um, there is. Uh, although in saying that there is the NRLA have got a, a decent company let agreement, but that actually envisages a, a proper corporate tenant taking on a property to rent a house for or a property for their for their staff, rather than a rent to rent operator taking on the property and then subletting the rooms. So there's still um, some changes that need to be made to that, but um, it is a, a reasonable template. But like I say, I think um, as you guys did when you got the management agreement sorted out, get some proper legal advice. Yeah, it might cost you a few quid, but actually, it'll set you up better in the long run. Um, And if you listen back to, uh, I think it was episode sixty-nine or episode seventy, where we spoke um, at length about um, uh, prepare starting with the end in mind, Mm. so that you know you've got exit provisions in there. and Steve uh, went into quite some detail about um, stuff that is uh, included in the management agreement when it comes to the end of the term. So that's definitely something to take into account, as well as any you know licensing or compliance requirements. But yeah, there's there's a clear distinction between um, a management agreement and uh, a corporate or company let, whereby you know you as the renter and operator become the, the tenant of the property. You have authority to sublet. And then there's uh, some Housing Act uh, provisions and some Landlord and Tenant Act provisions that the landlord and, and you are um, uh, you know, obligated to comply with. So yep. super important just to be mindful of those two, like I could go on and discuss this at some length, but as this is a whistle-stop tour, um, you know, we'll have a, a later episode where we can go through uh, and include actually the third sort of review, which is on, uh, on a lease agreement. And um, to go through the ins and outs and the differences, uh, I'll dust off my old legal brain and, and see what I can <laughs>
1: <laughs> <what sinister> works. <laughs> what sure is, it what does. <laughs> um,
0: But yeah, so as Jamie said, obviously, you know, making sure that you have an agreement and that that agreement is, um, you know, is sound and has been prepared, um, ideally by a solicitor, not just download mm. off the internet yeah nice. we
1: used um we used uh, uh shimon Roddich at ms law who have been amazing uh, and nice. all the all of our contracts have been really really cool and just a very quick story uh, max i think this is this is pertinent um literally last week we were approached by someone with you know a modest rent to rent hmo portfolio but you know a, a similar portfolio have been doing this for a number of years uh the contract he had from um i'm not gonna say who it is but some we think very well-known trainer in the property space. Mm. Um, and, and you know, let's assume this guy that approached us has adapted what he was given or bought. Um, but the, the contract is not fit for purpose. The mm. contract is really horrific um, to oh, the wow. detriment of the, the rent-to-rent operator, the guy that approached us, and massively beneficial, way in favour of the landlords. So for example, if anything goes wrong in the property, according to the lease contract, that this guy's using um which he didn't necessarily understand when he entered into this agreement for example yeah. but you know that's why you get legal advice uh, but this this lease agreement basically says if you know the chimney falls down or the roof needs replacing or the windows um you know frames go then the rent rent operator is liable to get those fixed ouch that's oh. a lot of money so um he's asked us to help him renegotiate if he if we can Of those agreements and put it under our management contract so yeah just another uh, i guess warning really whatever you do make sure you understand what you're doing get legal advice and have a proper contract that reflects your understanding and the landlord's understanding of this whole arrangement
0: so what's next Matt? what's
1: what's point two
0: (laughs) so so um so point two is is A little bit of an extension of of the first one only because um you know we've been speaking about it quite a bit over the last four five six months Mm -hmm. and that's you know the opportunity of offering a sort of hmo management service as an alternative or as a as an an easier run into um you know agreeing a a rent-to-rent agreement um now i know you guys have um Uh, Been scaling your uh, management business side quite uh, significantly over certainly this year, Um, so obviously there's there's mileage in it. Um, You know whether you're a rent to rent operator or not, or you set up specifically as as a sort of HMO management service. I know we've done a previous episode on um, whether or not to use a a letting or estate agent to rent your uh, HMO rooms. And, you know, during that episode, we were very specific about saying, well, letting the state agents are kind of, you know, their bread and butter is dealing single unit lets. They're not necessarily used to dealing with HMOs, which is, uh, you know, a little bit more of a speciality. So I think, you know, being able to offer like a, a HMO management service as an alternate option if the landlord isn't, you know, prepared to, sacrifice um uh all control of the property but just wants certain elements or you know the property management side taken care of then that that is something that you could um offer as an alternative right so yeah i mean in terms of um your management business how how did that um sort of change or this additional offering come about
1: So this was a conversation Steve and I had uh, at the end of lockdown number one in 2020. So what was that? Probably late June, early July, because Mm. almost 100%. Actually, it was was 100% of all the properties in our rent to rent business were on the guaranteed rent, unlike our traditional model. Mm. And we, of course, having had a, a a slight bit of pain in that first lockdown because all of a sudden we had some rooms empty which we couldn't rent out because there was nobody allowed had to go in and out of the houses of that lockdown in the in England um, we thought well how else can we um, generate or maybe diversify our business and that's where the, the kernel of the idea of HMO management came into play and then Steve tested out in the local market first of all uh, so uh, all of our rent rent guaranteed rent rent HMO properties were in bed for that, for that stage we then started testing out Uh, doing some rent-to-rent guaranteed rent in Northampton and then Mm. we started again testing the HMO management and that's absolutely flying. Um, To give you an idea uh, in the last 12 weeks alone we've got 11 new houses now Mm. each of those houses are on HMO management and uh, which means there's no guaranteed rent from us which means it's purely we're we're getting paid for what we do so it is an element of a job um, but if you can outsource and leverage that to somebody else and pay them you know an, an hourly rate and you've still got profit on top of the individual fees that you're charging for individual items that a landlord chooses. And then again, it's 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 a very scalable business, um, and and we're finding that right now it's really you know it's going great guns, and yeah. and the profit you know the profit is is pretty good. So all we would what uh, we've done, and again, if you guys want to more help on that or maybe some more suggestions on that ask questions on this podcast episode uh, or, or contact us on the youtube channel for example or our website ask questions about it and we can give you more more insight but all we've done is itemise the different tasks that we could do we put a certain amount of money against each task and if a landlord wants to use us for hmo management they either want the full management service at a percentage mm. or they want guaranteed rent the other extreme or if they don't want any of those two they can buy individual tasks from us like a yeah. job and we'd literally go and uh and get those things done for example weekly inspections mm. for example we can do check-ins and checkouts yeah. uh we can do viewings and all those things cost and as long as we've baked in our costs and added a profit on top uh, and then yeah. landlords happy because they're in control of what they want us to do for them in their house um it it's a it's a pretty good little sort of strategy and it's mm-hmm. diversifying <laughs> risk and it's also really growing our portfolio. And of course, over time, uh, we haven't done this yet, Matt, so uh, we don't know this for a fact, but over time, yeah. potentially, some of those landlords who are working with us on an HMO management point of view might give us more properties if they've got a whole bunch of others, but also they might then walk them up. We might walk them up either to a full HMO management at a fixed fee every single month or indeed up to guaranteed rent. So there's lots of opportunities there, but it, it seems pretty good safe. And that's a big change from from when we first started recording these episodes in twenty nineteen and early twenty twenty. This is a big change (laughs) from twenty twenty one. So yeah. Yeah. And we're sharing lots of details with our mastermind clients, you know, about who are all beginning to do this as well, actually.
0: Yeah. No, I think it, it I think it it's significant only because, you know, the the downside, the risk is is minimal and um, mm. you get paid for your time, ultimately, rather than holding the can when things did go of the yeah. spout. Um, you know, that's not to say that, obviously, rent to rent, guaranteed rent is not still a viable option. But I think, bearing in mind the additional due diligence that you need to, or you should be carrying out right now, Um, you know, the the differences in, in room rentals, certainly that we're experiencing in London, where, you know, some of the um, the drops have been significant, anywhere between sort of fifteen and thirty, thirty-five percent, which is that's a lot, which, wow. is, which is chunky. Um, yeah. uh, so yeah, so to have that, you know, we're definitely um, pivoting in that direction simply because I think it, it, um, it does spread the risk a little bit, and there's very little downside. Like, were well, you going to use existing operations, right? Which is super yeah. handy. Yeah. One of the things I found, which um, which I was uh, Surprised that was you mentioned a couple of your clients are actually rent-to-rent operators and they're outsourcing the management side to yeah. you guys, right? Yeah. Which is amazing.
1: Yeah, because this is something and again, we probably talked about this in some of the earlier episodes uh, of um, the HMO Experience probably Podcast. We probably said Uh, In in fact, I'm almost guaranteed that I probably said it. (laughs) Maybe you and Steve did too, but I'm sure I did, which was never ever (laughs) do rent to rent and then get a letting agency to manage it for you. Because at that time when we were recording those episodes, I couldn't see how it would work. I couldn't see financially how it would work or why anybody would want to do it. But as you said, you know, the world's changed yeah. and we've got a, a handful of rent-to-run HMOs that we didn't secure. They're being given to us from other rent-to-run HMO operators. Mm. Uh, and we're simply charging HMO management fees for individual tasks. So some of those things are helping out the rent to rent operators because their circumstances have changed. They might have got a full-time job or they've moved away from the area or whatever and still want that income. And of course, they've got a contract for landlord. Um, so we are you know, doing some tasks for them. So we get some benefit from that, which is again, more income, more tasks. Mm. Uh, and then of course they get the benefit, which is they take slightly less of a profit, but at least a profit from the property can pay for some of those tasks and they're not doing the work. So yeah, yeah there's some things have changed quite a lot, but it yeah, seems that good. is quite a big it change.
0: No, nah, that's good. So I think uh, we should look at the other side of the coin as well. Obviously you have secured the deal. You're either offering it on, you know, if you're offering it on a a guaranteed rent, or um, even if you're managing, you kind of need to make sure that the tenants that are in place are good tenants, right? So I know that there's some additional um, due diligence or referencing or background checks that need to be carried out right now, given the situation that we're in. And having spoken with, um, with you and Steve, sort of offline, you said, you know, you're paying more attention to, Um, you know the employment status or Mm -hmm. what industry um, you know tenants are are working in um, when you consider their um, uh, their applications like can you um, uh, give a little bit more detail about that as to what are the points you're looking out for right now
1: So, again, let's hope this is just a temporary measure, right? So, you know, we're in a bit of an economic downturn. There's obviously been the last 12 months has been really, really difficult uh, with lockdowns and COVID and certain restrictions on uh, work practices, but also what we do in our free time. Um, And that's had an impact, of course, on people's uh, jobs, uh, their financial security, of course, and of course their income. So, some of the things that we've looked at, and again, hopefully this will be a temporary measure and we'll get back to you know, a much more even keel and hopefully more of a, an, uh, a more robust economy shortly. Um, but we've looked at which areas they work in. So, for example, um, Steve, you all know and love Steve. So, when Steve, uh, uh, you, Matt, and I were doing these live Facebook lives mm-hmm. as well as weekly updates in the podcast at the beginning of 2020, in the first quarter, Steve was literally looking at all of our existing customers, our tenants and going, okay, so where do they work? Mm. And are they employees or are they self-employed? We never really looked at that before. We'd just done the basic checks and looked at affordability. And of course we outsourced all the referencing anyway, so make sure that everyone could afford to rent our houses, um, however, we hadn't really looked at were they employees or self-employed before. So that was mm. the first check, and that's, again, what we're doing now. We're also looking at industries. So some of the industries that have obviously been pretty hard, hardly hardly, pretty badly hit over the last 12 months, and I, I don't see this changing for another month or two, is things like hospitality and leisure and retail. So mm. um, many of our customers working in those areas either unfortunately lost their jobs or went on furlough and the support yeah. and therefore the affordability for paying the monthly rent is obviously eased if you're getting government support but what happens if the furlough or when the government scheme stop and then what happens so we've seen many people uh, who yeah. have uh, hmo businesses rent hmo businesses with tenants who are going on to universal credit to try and get some more financial support because mm. they've lost their jobs unfortunately and again that's something yeah. which we we can also talk about. But um, some of the things we have definitely looked at is what are the sectors, what industries have been less affected by uh, the restrictions and COVID and downturn uh, versus others. So if you, if you look at hospitality, leisure and retail being massively affected and travel, for example, mm. there are some things which haven't been affected as much. So it could be things like transportation or engineering or anything to do with property and house building, for example. Uh, those things are carrying on as per normal or pretty much have done. Uh, and in real demand, so distribution centres, etc., logistics—you know, really, really robust uh, areas. So yeah, we've looked at some of those things. Have you noticed any of those differences in your tenants, or or thought about some of those things in your business?
0: Yeah, we have. So um, we have actually over the last uh, certainly nine months, we have had um, people go on to credit. Um but you know, they've been completely upfront about it and so this is this is the situation. Um help with uh the application. You know, we've not had experienced any sort of challenges with that because they've still maintained the level of rent that they uh, agreed to pay at the outset. Um, um, uh, you see clients uh, simply because you know there was a time when the uh, the demand just wasn't there. So you know we were contacted by two or three councils just off the back of doing some posting on social media. So built um, a couple of good relationships in that respect. Um, so you know from time to time they'll approach us and say, "Look, have you got any uh, rooms available? Um, I know what the local um, housing allowance is for." Um, our areas, So I kind of, you know, I've got a good idea as to um, as to what we can, what we'll receive in terms of the room rent. Um, and, you know, so far, touch wood, it, we've not experienced any difficulties with it. You know, the, the reality is, I think, you know, you um, see applicants have sort of doubled in the size over the last year. So yeah. it's inevitable that, you know, you're, there's going to be more of a prevalence of, of seeing people on universal credit around right so i think um i think it is it's something that obviously we're considering because we've we've got um current and um, clients customers and um, housemates um in the community that are on universal credit and I, I do you know i've i've made it very clear to the guys that we work with look the criteria needs to be this so you know not long-term uh clients that did have a job previously you know they're looking to get back into work because you know I, I i don't want to go down the route of taking on sort of long term housing benefit because that's that's a different kettle of fish to deal with yeah. um so it is you know I've done a couple of n r l a courses on universal credit just to familiarize myself and see what you know what I need to know and and what um what I need to be aware of but from our side it has been um yeah it's been all right in that respect, and we were hit we had quite a few. Uh, people in hospitality and retail right at the start of lockdown right. that ended up just saying, look, I'm, see you later. I'm gone. I'm going back home. Um, yeah. Brexit had a little bit of an impact as well at the end of last year. Um, but yeah, overall, I think, I think it is down to being, um, you know, carrying out that additional layer of due diligence. But to be perfectly honest, you know, given all the uncertainties, there's only so much you can do, right? And I know, um, I know. As a as a backup, something that you guys um, do as standard is have rent guarantee insurance. The it'd be interesting to know whether or not you do know whether there's been significant changes in like policy details or whether the premium has become more expensive you've
1: uh, yeah a whole bunch of policies and, and providers can you know cancelled their policies or they didn't pro- didn't actually offer that service anymore so a whole load of companies did that Indeed, you know, I was doing a webinar um, a few months back and there was some guy in there I was talking about rent guarantee insurance and he was going you know uh, no it doesn't exist anymore you're lying i'm like no i'm not we've just taken out another two or three policies from this <laughs> company uh, so i know it's, it doesn't it exists and it still works because we're still using it uh and in yeah. fact um stephen's with us in this podcast today because he's doing three viewings right now um, yeah. in our, in one of our houses and he will take out rent guarantee insurance for all of those people too once they pass the reference checks. So yes, some companies did close down but not all mm. of them and we use a company we've mentioned them on the podcast a lot um, over recent, gosh, months, episodes uh, which is advanced rent. Advanced rent have been fantastic. So what has changed? Some of the uh, T's and C's have definitely changed and also mm. the premium has definitely gone up. So back in the day prior to uh, Q1 2020 um, again, from memory, the premium was about 120 pounds per person per year. Yeah. Um, and again, we'd, we'd you know, incur that cost ourselves; wouldn't pass it on to the tenant, of course. Not allowed to do that. Um, yeah. But that's gone up to around 190, 195 pounds now for a tenant. So the cost has definitely gone up. But you've still got a question to ask yourself: if you're doing rent to rent, you know, HMO rent to rent with guaranteed rent. Would you take mm. a deposit, say five weeks worth of rent? Let's assume that is going to be, I don't know, 700 quid. Uh, or would you prefer to have an insurance policy that costs you 190 quid or 95 pounds and that covers you for up to 50,000 pounds with a damage, loss of rent, you know, legal protection cover or, or, or all the rest of it? What would you prefer? And we've taken the option where we can uh, mm. to always go down the rent guarantee insurance uh, route. So you can still do it, it does still exist, but check the T's and C's. And again, make sure that, um, you know, it is affordable for you. And going back to point number one, Matt, which is about doing your due diligence and your deal analysis, make sure your business can afford to take on an RGI uh, policy for the individual people in your houses. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Now, I think uh, think operationally, really, those have been the most significant changes. I think, you know, a bit more, um, well, a lot more due diligence on your um, tenants. Obviously, being super mindful of the agreements that you sign when taking out, you know, taking on a, a property for rent-to-rent. Um, that has certainly been highlighted quite a bit because we've been asked that a number of times during um, some of the sessions. Um, and I think um, the other thing which goes back to even before getting the deal, uh, I think has been and something that we've, sort of said it a few times been a lot more visible on um social i know um uh, not just to get deals but i guess to to get a bit more established right Mm -hmm. um and to have the opportunity to you know speak to um other landlords or other operators um uh to gain some experience some some knowledge um and to to grow your understanding as to what you're doing to get some help um, but I think from a marketing point, one thing which I've certainly found during lockdown has been super useful is, is definitely social media. I know, obviously, mm. landlord letters and all that have worked in the past, which is cool. Um, but because, you know, we've been spending a lot of time online <laughs> over the last 12 months, yeah. you know, I think being more and more visible there and across as many platforms as possible um, has been massively useful. Um, You know, we've certainly been approached a few times just off the back of um, social media adverts, which has been great. Not always seeing things through to um, uh, completion, but at least, you know, we're out and about um, being able to do that. And also think that, you know, some of the newer platforms, I I know you've been spending a lot of time on Clubhouse, um, which which has been super useful. Um, You know, what has the experience been like on there? Because I guess it's a good opportunity for people to you know get another layer of access to you immediately right to ask questions about what what is going on in the market and what you know changes are happening week to week or day to day
1: yeah i love it i love it because i don't have to do my hair (laughs) <laughs> get no, I, I love it because it's a it's media and as you say, people are going to, you know, it's, it's typically, well, certainly in the rooms that we run uh, and uh, Matt, you and I and Steve run uh, the HMO Experience Property Club on Clubhouse. So if you are an iOS user uh, and, and, and shortly, hopefully going to be opening up Clubhouse to uh, Android users too. But if you are an iOS user, Apple uh, user, you can go on there and join our club and you'll be notified when we're never speaking on regular uh, topics and on regular days throughout the week. But um, yeah, I love it because it's, it's in our rooms anyway. It's a no pitch area. Uh, no pitching happening. It's purely Q&A uh, and people are asking some amazing questions there and we're getting some great feedback. They're actually using what we're suggesting and they're implementing some of the tips. So yes, yeah, very really good. So I think social media as ever massively powerful using linkedin reaching out to landlord groups on linkedin going out to mm. uh letting agents in your area on linkedin is key uh, as you say you know, all the usual standard media uh, social media platforms um and and just you know hustling a bit more being more visible because you can't physically go into go meet uh agents in many cases but that's going to change mm you know if old duffers like me have got vaccinated, it'll be your turn next Matt. <laughs> and then we'll all be uh, we'll all be going out again and, and meeting people
0: <laughs> i know wait. soon enough soon enough oh, wow. um I was speaking to a mate of mine in Australia, and they you know he they're already up and running pretty much they've yeah restrictions and all that so soon it will happen soon, so just um you know to put it in this context in terms of um social media certainly the changes that have happened over the last year has been more accessible as a relationship building tool right and also to um to build a bit of a a presence um whereas before certainly i was relying more on um phone calls and going to see agents whereas Mm. you know we haven't been able to do that over the last 12 months so you know a lot more um uh, communication has been online Uh, and also you know, it's a good opportunity to get um, actual um, real-time and sort of tracked feedback, which you don't necessarily get from landlord letters. You know, if you have email campaigns and all that sort of stuff running, then um, you can see what sort of response, what the open rates are and all that kind of thing. Um, Or if you run Facebook or LinkedIn ads, that sort of stuff to target your market, that's been super useful. Um, I think... Have there been any other significant changes over the last 12 months? You feel that we haven't necessarily covered. Um,
1: no, I think we've covered most we... things. There, we talked about you know, HMO management versus guaranteed rent. We've talked about you know building rapport with agents and landlords as ever. Uh, we've talked about mm. um, you know in previous episodes about obviously hygiene, looking after customers, and, and all the rest of it, in those sorts of normal ways. And one thing I will say, I just want to give a bit of a shout out um to he's actually been on the show uh, ryan luke been on the show because ryan um i interviewed him for the podcast a while back and i heard something he said recently which which really resonated with me and i really liked and i think will benefit you know subscribers to this uh, podcast which is he said that um so often he hears people and we hear this too man i know what we do which is they go into an agency or a landlord and they go in their full-on pitch mode <laughs> they've, you know, they've, they've. No one's met them before, and they're going and saying, "Hi, I'm Jamie. I do, you know, guaranteed rent. Here are the benefits to you of me doing guaranteed rent. What houses are going to go in view? And, uh, and it's just too much. I think there's, there's. You're gonna, you to get more nos than ever. Uh, you're gonna have, you know, gonna crash and burn. So this is what uh, Ryan was saying. And I, I strongly uh, agree with him, which is just play a bit of a long game find out from your questioning when you meet them or go on zoom or, or over the phone um what problems they've got what property issues are there how you know, ask how you can help them because if you can play slightly more the long game slightly more softly softly approach and and get you know mm. you know uh, really good rapport with them that could really help you they could start once you know, things open up again or once you've proven yourself uh, and you've got one problem. You could get a whole bunch of houses from them. Uh, so I, I, I think uh, he said some great tips there. I think we don't hear enough about that. And I, I want to, just want to give him a bit of a shout out, because I thought that was really, really cool. And I would definitely recommend you guys do the same thing. So yes, go to Agents and Landlords as ever, but find yeah. out as yeah. ever what they need. Sure. Ask them, yeah. you know, what they need and then try and you know, help them solve the problem, etc.
0: Yeah, be a guide. Find out Be their guide. problems and offer a solution. Be a guide. Story brand. That's another that's one. That's it. Story sure brand. Love it. <laughs> but look, we've got a little bit of a, um, uh, I guess, um, a bit of a series uh, going on. So I know uh, the previous episode, um, you and Steve spoke about um, why is the best property investment strategy. Uh, obviously here we've spoken how You know, rent to rent. How things have changed over, um, you know, the last twelve months. You need more um, advice a couple of years ago. Um, But yeah, we are going to be covering off a few additional subject matters, um, like a first-time investors' guide to um, HMO investing, um, and what to be aware of when you're choosing a HMO management agent. Uh, the day in the life of a hmo investors. so it's going to give you a little bit more sort of granular data as to um uh, or granular feedback as to the day-to-days which i don't feel we've covered um, to a great extent as yet on the podcast and um, mm. so hopefully that'll um, add some value um to you guys we've also got some great interviews coming up um you know with uh, both experienced and sort of first time uh, investors so make sure you stay tuned with that and um, obviously as jane mentioned clubhouse Uh, run a couple of rooms right there's um, a rent to rent specific room and then there's a a general sort of HMO property investing room as well Um, so head over to uh, Clubhouse to check that out but this is now the part in the show um, where we hand it over to Jamie to wrap it up with um, Jamie's last comment oh I know he's got it prepared I I, wish I did Matt
1: (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking about what on earth I could say that's anywhere near interesting. Uh, <laughs> from <the big> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do it. No, I, I guess the key thing is this. If you like the benefits of rent to rent HMO and you can see yourself doing it, again, ask questions from us. Matt, Steve and myself are here to help and support you. Invest in your education and then go and do it. You really can make job replacing income once you know what to do. And you actually go and hustle and get some deals. It doesn't take many. Let me give you an example. I was approached from on Clubhouse last week by a lady who wants – two thousand pounds a month income uh she's looking to do rent and an hmo i've helped her create a bit of a plan to get that income and she now knows what she needs to do in what space of time to go and get two grand a month recurring income so you know she can do this you can do this if you're really keen to do this again reach out to us and connect with us because we're here to help and support you it doesn't matter if you've got any property experience or none you can definitely do the strategy
0: yeah for sure that's a nice little note to end on so thank you very much for tuning in uh, this week guys Um, uh, yeah make sure you catch us on all social channels hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to and we will see you guys next week on the HMO Experience Property Podcast it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Jamie say goodbye bye guys see you soon bye Hi guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. Before you head off, I'd like to ask you to do three things. The first thing is, make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, so that you receive weekly notifications, not just when new episodes of the HMO Experience Property Podcast drop, but also when bonus features such as the HMO Diaries recorded live on our Facebook page every Monday at 5 p.m., uh, and also Five Minute Fridays, which is a new bite-sized feature of previous episodes of the HMO Experience Property Podcast to give you a little recap, which you can listen to on the go. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. The second thing is, if you're on Clubhouse, make sure you join us Mondays at 1pm in the HMO Experience Property Club Room, hosted by Jamie, Steve and I, where we answer all your questions around HMO property investing, rent to rent, and general trends in the property market. And the last thing is, head over to the hmoexperience.co.uk website and download a bunch of free resources, including the 11 steps to starting and scaling your own successful HMO property business. And you can sign up to um, the, um, uh, the handy HMO guide, which is our weekly newsletter, Drops directly into your email inbox every Monday. That's it for now, guys. See you next
1: week.